Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture. Michael Hamplett, Michael Sidgwick here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. That just feels weird. Uh, we have interviews, roundtable oh. discussions, and it's a like ra- that Jurassic Park bit, isn't it? Uh, 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 that's Triple H, like trampling on our phone. Uh, 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 come with a new podcast intro. You know, because he puts uh, <laughs> everything. <laughs> Raw, SmackDown, AEW, Rampage, and we don't know what the fact of the matter is. <laughs> Each and every one of these podcasts. Uh, where was I? Interviews. I'm going to call my friend Mark and get on a podcast and complain about it. <laughs> Not the number one podcast, but still. Um, <laughs> what culture wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. Daily wrestling podcast. As I said, though, joined by the Dudley to look ahead to AEW Dynamite tonight and a big night, Michael Sidgwick, <laughs> in the Grand Slam Tournament of Champions. <laughs> I think I should be the voice of this for AEWs. I agree. There is a match with Brian Danielson in it tonight, and it's not the match I'm most looking forward to. On Dynamite tonight. Wow. I feel like that's a bit of an indictment, actually. Um, But if they get that right after getting it a little bit boring and wrong, then this should be another great Dynamite. Um, Again, a week has passed. Uh, These things sort of, we callous them, or they get calloused. I'm not going to head into this with the same kind of uncertainty or terrible vibe that I did last week. So Mm. it's just... It could feel a little bit more like normal, I think, but ultimately, I just want... CM Punk deprived me of the battle cry, commute pops, and <laughs> buzz of just being able, all right, okay, it's Dominion 2018 again, huge pet. I'm going to listen to battle cry every noon and night <laughs> until, you know, I get a little bit bored of it. And, you know, I got worked so effectively that I thought, right, Kenny Omega looking like he did... In 2020. But no, he's looking like he's the best he has in AEW, quite frankly. And uh, I've been deprived of Battle Cry because of Phil Brooks, the megalomaniac. <laughs> and I'm still in a place where I can't forgive the promotion and the man who runs it for allowing this situation to mutate. Because I like CM Punk as well. He's great. He's had an absolutely phenomenal run. I uh, don't get it for the best. So I'm still not going to be in, yes, it's Dynamite tonight, baby, mm. mood because of that. Yeah, last week's Dynamite was absolutely sensational considering the mood, as Cedric alluded Mm. to there, going into it. Um, How are you feeling about this week's? Uh, Sort of similar to Cedric, actually. I'm sort like, we're trying to stay consistent with this. I'm choosing to look forward to this episode because of how good it was. I'm not particularly feeling that excited. Maybe if Brian and Jericho's first match had been any good, then I'd be more hyped for the card as a whole. But it sort of feels like they've got to do a job to like quickly rebuild our expectations after the, the last one. I'm choosing to be excited about this dynamite. I'm choosing to be optimistic about the full gear build because I just cannot put a card together in my head yet. So I'm going to try and enjoy that. I'm going to mm. rather than AEW and this, there's, there's lots and lots of conversations about where AEW has maybe fallen off, but in 2022, but this is a big one. 
all of the long-term stories that Tony Khan used to be so incredible at telling allowed you to put your A cards together, your B cards together, and your C cards together. And then in, like, to use Nintendo parlance, Tony Khan would have an S-tier card that you didn't even see yeah. around the corner. That was what was awesome about this. At the moment, like... We've all got A's, B's, and C's, and we don't even know if he's got a D. Now, it's it's really hard to work out what any of this will look like as they do their... What would traditionally now be the kind of... It's fun, but it's table setting. It's There's the odd yeah. angle, but it's like you're not... You know the dynamic stuff's going to come in a, in a couple of weeks' time. This is a totally different pay-per-view cycle. It's typically the shortest one anyway. Is that right, Sitch? Yes, it Normally is, yeah. the smallest, which should help, but because of everything being thrown up in the air, I'm kind of choosing to go into this eyes wide open and excited rather than just feeling it. And this is a sort of a go-home show ahead of Grand Slam, of course, next week. Yeah, that as well. And yeah. you tweeted about this, about what, what was the general consensus when it comes to what people think that the full gear big matches are going to be? Uh, MJF versus Danielson. Overwhelmingly so. Overwhelmingly so, which I get... Like, you've got a tournament taking place and a guy that has basically said he's going to cash his chip. Um, and I just, I mean, they're not, that story doesn't exist. So I can't judge it because they haven't yet even needed mm-hmm. to tell it. You know, you've got to kind of like take hands off, whereas Mox MJF is now out there in the ether, whereas MJF versus anybody. But the prospect of a cash-in, a money in the bank adjacent cash-in rather than a, a straight-up time match, all these sort of things are things that have been alluded to. And MJF Danielson hasn't. It's just this idea that people believe that he'll win the tournament. So even that, you know, which is an interesting combination because it's not yet out there as a thing. It's not mm. something that you necessarily want to wind yourself. And because there are no, again, this goes right back to AEW's inception. Previously, there would have been all of these little lines in promos or these little details typically picked up by my esteemed colleague that we would be reminded about six months later where it's like, well, now's the time for that title match. And do you remember on the October 12th Dynamite when this line got used? What was the first best, the Jericho MJF one from the very beginning? You were like, here's this promo, MJF and Chris Jericho, and, like, a year later when they finally revisit it. And yes. it's like, you know, there was loads of those. Yeah. Like, that was what, like, they were so good with. Because there was clearly so much, like, huge, big brain whiteboard thinking. And now it sort of feels like he's he's done it all. You know that four champions thing he had? My first four champions, blah, 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 blah. What you got next? It'll figure itself out. But throughout the entire promotion. So MJF Danielson could and should be great. It's a really interesting and new and fresh combination for the, for the title. But you kind of need to be shown reasons why it would work before just getting hyped for a match pairing. We might be past the dream match pairing era of AW, like for a long time. So like this was such a new sandbox that every fresh pairing was exciting. So, like hearing MJF Danielson is cool. That's brand spanking new. But I think it's an incredible prospect, quite frankly. Yeah. And I'm not complaining that we haven't got a story yet because we haven't got a story yet. In fact, there's so much great stuff happening in AEW right now that I'm in just a constant state of inner conflict with myself because I think with the fact that they don't want to stigmatize Mox as the caretaker champion, I don't think, and the fact that Mox and MJF opened last week's Dynamite as if to telegraph or at least foreshadow the potential full gear main event, I think the the Grand Slam Tournament of Champions final, if it is indeed Mox versus Danielson, but we'll discuss whether it's going to Mm -hmm. be imminently, could be the most unpredictable big match in AEW history. There is so much to absolutely love about this. It's just, it still feels in some inescapable way, bittersweet to me. Bullseye dynamite era. <laughs> here's what you could have won. Now that was there before the punk thing too, wasn't it? I remember you using that exact analogy, the bullseye. That was kind of lingering before punk blew it all up. So it's, I don't know if that's better or worse, that there needed to be a bit of a clearing the deck somewhat, or like it needed to be said and have like this this grand event like the press conference to make you realise this was happening rather than just this nagging feeling that it was already there. Do you think this, yeah, do you think this has been the kick up the arse that TK needed in terms of pulling the trigger on these big matches? TK. Shut up, man. That's my thing <laughs> for a start. For a start. I know, yeah, I know you were calling him TK from 2019. I was, I was calling him TK. I was calling him the Sugar long, Man. Longbone Tone and the, the Sugar, sugar man. man. Yeah. Mid South Tony. Mid South Tony. All these, because nicknames for promoters are great, aren't they? When they piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you did it for, me and Murray. That's all we did it for. So the whole I internet. Tony is... Khan in articles, because putting weird nicknames in articles is very, very weird indeed. Very weird indeed. Right. <laughs> I think that it's still a little bit. Like risk averse Tony, right? That's a nickname for you. <laughs> <laughs> because we've seen. Imagine Twitter going. Risk averse, risk averse Tony, or to use the uh, acronym RAT. <laughs> so there's a bit of that in terms of we've seen various combinations here before, but they haven't been revisited too much, and he's still saving something. So n- maybe it, it should be a kick up the arse. In a general sense, the booking patterns need to change. We've been through this across various 
They podcasts. tried on Rampage. Look at that. The predictable Dax Harwood mm. singles match, while very good, <laughs> is, you know, he's not that much of a draw. Hence why Kenny Omega should have came back. Um, <laughs> pick, you, pick better friends, punk. Ultimately, ultimately, the fact that the Jungle Boy Christian Cage thing didn't get paid off and it's been rumbling for well over a year. What's going to be out for? Eight months. Oh, God. It could go, honestly, longer than Austin versus McMahon <laughs> if, in fact, these things yeah. keep happening. The Bobby Fish Undisputed Elite stuff was rubbish. I called it as rubbish from the start when they were like, we beat Brian Pillman in a 10-man tag. You know what that means? Not the best super group ever. <laughs> My God, no, you're not. So that was a complete waste of time. Maybe he's realized that people will leave if they're not happy and top stars need to be placated, i.e. Cody Rhodes. That... People might just go a bit mental, like Bobby Fish <laughs> appears to have done and scorched the earth. CM Punk himself has scorched the earth. People get injured. People get dissatisfied with their creative. He needs to stop pissing about with these eight-month-long best friends versus um, Kip Sabian and Miro feuds, you know? Maybe he has to realize, right, uh, even before all this drama and probably even before the injury crisis, uh, ratings had stagnated. They didn't capitalize on the momentum they had this time last year when they were beating Raw in the demo. Hopefully, he's going to realize. And you don't want to go to one extreme. There's always some dickhead will go, huh, so you want them to burn through their matches in two months, do you? No. no that's a straw man. But I am saying... What is this? NXT on Wednesday? <laughs> I just don't want to see CM Punk versus QT Marshall in Chicago. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, like, uh, as well, we're at the point now. And I know I'm not going to see it because he's an asshole <laughs> who ruined it for everyone. Oh, come on, Kitty's all right. <laughs> like the, the, we were talking about this this morning over the desks. AEW's purpose has already been fulfilled in that uh, Dave Meltzer said no one other than WWE are going to sell 10,000 tickets. And now we look at the 10,000 already sold for Arthur Ashe and we're like, oh, what's happened to AEW? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's like the expect every like, AEW has raised so many bars that it doesn't yeah. get enough credit. It goes understated. You know, we lavish praise on AEW and then get called a shill, but whatever. Like, it goes understated how many bars AEW have raised. Um, and that's one of them. But there is a perfectly nuanced conversation to be had that quality has dipped and now ticket sales are proving like objective evidence of that. The beautiful Arthur Ashe was seen as an inspired booking last year because it was both a brand new venue for New York to be able to say we've got that city too, but also to be a new stadium setting that AEW could make its own. Now, WWE had Madison Square Garden as a home base because once a month they would sell it out with this constantly drawing champion. It's really tough to make this your landmark stadium show if once a year you don't have the hot product or the hot match to sell it out. I know they didn't light it up last year, but the dream is every year, 20-odd thousand people to send you light that fucker up and it looks incredible. Not blue. Not, not blue. No, yeah, just <laughs> house lights are fine. It looks incredible. Well, what was your ranty tweet the other day that really really popped me? Remember when AEW had all the momentum in the world around all our 2021, which was just dreamlike. Dreamlike. Mm. And then they decided, you know who got it right? Uh, Triple H to take over ex-heroes of wrestling. It <laughs> looked like no one was there. The whole appeal of those 2019 Dynamites was there are loads of people in full view having an amazing time watching arena wrestling that isn't WWE. It blew my mind. And then they thought, all right, okay, let's just make it look like no one's here. You can hear the heat, but it could be piped <laughs> in for all I know because you can't actually see people having this great, um, immersive bit of fun. Rafael Nadal is a gorgeous man. There's absolutely no way that tennis should look better than wrestling in that building. But there's Bruce Big Jensen arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like bombastic pro wrestling with all its neon and colors and bodies should have looked better than tennis does because tennis looks amazing in yeah. that building. Um, we will get to the matches in a second. Only three have been announced at time of recording. But before we get to that, MJF, we mentioned him a little bit earlier. What, what would you have him do? Because he's sort of, as Hamlet alluded to there, he's kind of just keeping busy until we know who the Grand Slam tournament, the bare minimum Grand Slam tournament finalists are. So you asked me what MJF does. Mm. I think he continues to allude to something that I can plug, right? This might not be the preview for it, but I just want to get it out there in case it's kind of made that little bit more obvious. I think MJF should cash in the poker chip a la the Money in the Bank briefcase. Ooh. And I know that sounds like a Dan Goetia take, so bear with me <laughs> yeah. while I flesh it out. Can you please call it, instead of Money in the Bank, can you call it the chip on his shoulder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's one of those <laughs> where it's like, that sounds like the stupidest idea I've ever heard. AEW shouldn't even rip off WWE's um, best ideas as opposed to their worst, which the Money in the Bank has become, because why would the point of, what would the point of being an alternative be? 
But I think the damage has been done to the title and no amount of great wrestling can um, recover that because no one's beaten the CM Punk. It'll always feel like the second best plan that they had or the, the one that they have the second most amount of conviction yeah. in. I think they should fictionalize burning that title and in doing so create a bigger fictional heel than the real-life Phil Brooks and have MJF commit what was the ultimate transgression um, by actually taking that contract clause literally of, I know, anytime you want it, you've got it because I'm desperate to have you back because the AW fans are missing you, etc. as Tony Khan explained. And I think maybe he will hint to that because I do think that's a direction because he dropped that line last week and it really felt like, oh, I should be paying attention to that because MJF so often drops something in a promo that you should have paid attention to like the handshake at the very start of the Punk feud, that being rejected, and how horrified he was. That was like, that reminds me of why I got into wrestling, and it was just magnificent. Pay attention to MJF. I paid attention to MJF, and I think they're going to go for the ultimate MJF is a WWE guy device. If this still sounds crazy, you know what you could do? You could hop onto whatculture.com slash WWE, and you can read my article, Why AEW Must Steal This Hated WWE idea. Ooh. It goes more in depth and it justifies it. Do you think he's going to reassociate himself with Stokely Hathaway on this show or what? Because it was they were kind of split up, well, hugely on last week's show. Obviously, I mean, MJF and Mox is, is, is a brilliant way to open the show. And then Stokely was just sort of there kicking the ass of, well, he was threatening Shivani the other week and now he's beating up uh, security or whatever it was, a production staff. You know what's a great detail in retrospect? And again, I'm sorry I'm stepping on your dick. Right? Such a great line. I wonder if William Shakespeare was like a complete arsehole back in the day because like having that sort of like grasp of language yeah, and, uh, must have allowed it because like punks, what a wordsmith when he's absolutely like, burning promotions like to the ground. David Mamet, man, oh he's absolutely God. incredible. <laughs> you know what's a great detail in retrospect? Scan is weird at the time. Who is Stokely Hathaway working with? Jay Cargill. MJF, clearly. Because, oh, sorry, yes. Yeah, yeah. Who has buried MJF for three full years, breaking his professionalism to do it? Tony Schiavone in commentary. Ah. Stokely Hathaway doing that to Tony Schiavone because of who his new boss is. AEW's yeah, still good. AEW's still good. Um, Stokely did work with Jade. That was when he met Smart Mark Sterling, and that's how Stokely and MJF were put together. Because Smart Mark Sterling was MJF's lawyer. Oh yeah, like little details. I'm, I don't know where I stand with this MJF and this stable thing. I thought that I loved last week's Dynamite, and I thought the stable element was the worst thing of it because it was such a stupid. I I get that you got to get this new act over. I do, but it was the worst week to do it. I think I said that on the on the review, right? You fake pro wrestling chaos in the shadow of this real, yes. like explosive scene backstage. It's just it's scandalous fake. It didn't feel real remotely. MJF, the character, was rendered above it all by the way they were laid out on the show. So he comes out and he does this big show opening thing, but they're nowhere near him, and then they come out later on, and they're basically robbed of their power and their agency, and MJF, this guy who has loads of power and agency, does nothing to help them. I, this might sound a bit cake and eat it, but I kind of think MJF should use them when he needs them. So rather than like, be, like so what we know is that I can't really be asked them. Try that stable thing. Like the Pinnacle was a bit of a bust. Forget it. But then every now and then he's going to need seven running buddies and he's, <laughs> and he's got them at like a moment's notice. And I think that's the kind of snake MJF is. You know, that's going to play in like that whole sort of that video when you're saying about like always watch what MJF's doing. The fact that that was the detail used, like I'm a snake, don't forget, was obviously supposed to feed into something more with CM Punk. But remember the fantasy booking of MJF saying, like the idea that MJF wins the title when he's about to go to WWE and them doing that Ring of Honor bit with him again. Like all of this could still tie in and him being this guy that has just kind of use these dorks that now have a purpose can just be this thing that's always there. Like, you might not see them align on television now, but they're potentially there if and when MJF requires yeah, them. Yeah, so it's not necessarily MJF stable. MJF is still his own man, but he's got a boatload of money and he can hire Stokely's mercenaries yeah. as and when he needs yeah. them. And whether or not that gives, like, Stokely Athwell's crew any particular power going forward, we don't know. I, d I don't think it needs a complete reboot. I don't think you need to start again, but it needs to be a more effective version of last week's angle to stand a chance because there are a lot of, this is not that, oh, there's too many stables in it. I'm so confused. But there are a lot of fairly 
pointless groups. Mm. There was a lot of feckless dork groups, and these just felt like one of them. Mm. They felt like a harder wingman rather than any kind of like transgressive <laughs> act. So I think you've got a long way to get that back on track. And maybe this is the week. I don't know. But I don't know what the answer is to that. I don't know if it is beating up Tony Schiavone in the way that WWE sort of beating up Jim Ross. You know, like identifying somebody so beloved that it really hurts when a heel does it. I, I don't quite know what the act is because I don't... This Young Bucks punk Omega cloud is going to linger a long time. So Nexus-type decimations of the ringside area and crew members and that, that's going to feel like a nonsense by comparison for quite a while. So I don't really know the... Ad- Punk's ruined a great deal. Oh, he's, yeah. He's, he's ruined he's blown a up great... Tons. He's blown up so many spots. Yeah. <laughs> yes? Mm. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Well, let's talk about this Grand Slam Tournament of Champions. Uh, and we, I suppose we should start with a slight... Switching gears. Slightly more... Switching ob- gears to that Australian meme. <laughs> um, I suppose a slightly more obvious result. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on it, Sige. Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson. You want to tackle that one first? Yeah. So my take on this is that Danielson's going to win. Like, Jericho Moxley, I'd probably take it again. It was so fantastic. Mm. But I think that Danielson Moxley has just got drama out the ass. And I thought it was a, the revolution match in Arthur Ashe, not like four hours deep into a night of action, could be even more special than the revolution, the storytelling in which was just fantastic. Um, so I think Danielson wins. I have reservations about the quality of the match because they had the wrong match too deep into the night where it was like quite methodically paced. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, man. I'm used to a sting party match to wake me up at this It was a bit point. for them, wasn't it, rather than for a the show? A bit for them. Yeah. Forgettable. Mm. So the crack was, apparently, that and Jericho put this over as, you know, Danielson's one of the few guys I can just go out there with and say, right, we've got 20 minutes. Let's just feed off the crowd, man. And, uh, you know, let's just uh, feed off and then just call it. And then um, they're like, what can we call, uh, Chris? Because I don't really want anything out of this. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Let's just uh, let's try and count the walls or something. I don't know. They could have copied give. the NXT match they had, and it would have been better. I know. That I ripper know. they had on NXT. My indication here is that they had 23 minutes on pay-per-view with no ad breaks to worry about, um, no sort of timing cues or being told to bring it home or whatever because there's still loads of time left. I'm expecting a far more disciplined match. It's TV. It has to be. You can't, you, I know you can't call it on TV, but this is probably going to be the main event. Um, they'll be waiting for Excalibur to do his bit. So I just think it'll be 
I think they'll be told, if anything, right, you have to really lay something out here because you've got a certain amount of time in which to do it. You can't really freewheel. So I've got more faith in Danielson and Jericho, of all wrestlers, to, like, lay out something much better than they did and much hotter. The crowd will be a lot fresher as well. It's not deep into these sort of absolutely, like, marathon pay-per-views. So every indication that my head says this should be a much better match, get it right this time. You probably will. I mean, uh, who am I to doubt bloody Brian Danielson? But my heart and my gut can't really get excited because the first one was so, oh yeah, the work's really good, I guess. That's like, it's like the Randy, they had the Randy Orton match. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, work's good. Didn't care about it, it wasn't that exciting. But, you know, obviously the work on some kind of coaching level was really, really good. Um, so, yeah, it just needs to be a lot tighter for me. Before I get your thoughts, Hamlet, so you structuring this show... Jericho Danielson main event mocks Guevara to open, or how would you do it? If I'm structuring the show, yeah. Will Bourne, Pyro goes off. Runs from that. You know what I mean? And then, boom, let's go. I'll start again. I'll start again, right? So, boom, let's go. Ignite. Let's get a flash of light. Where's Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in this? Why can't I see them? Uh, there we'll you see who's in this promotion. Yeah, at least get, let him get to the start because it goes, you know, it's all about the boom. Adam Cole comes out, he sits on commentary. Look at me. Like, God, that was good. That was so good. Oh, and then it the, uh, was like shrouded in darkness. <laughs> and then, so, boom, let's go. Bang the boom. Like the boom. And one and you know what I mean? And then you've got all the pyro going off. And then, to answer your question, wow, <laughs> 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 You made my heart sing. Yeah, I think it'll start with uh, Moxie versus Guevara first, actually, <laughs> because if they uh, w- that downward line was, well, looks like there's been enough intrigue about the gossip because like the same amount of people cared about it ultimately yeah. as do every single week. So if you want to make that line go up, or I think the aim at this point is for it to go flat, is to build up Jericho Danielson as your main. You don't have to say, watch it now. You just lived the year only in this show. Uh, well, and I certainly won't be saying up to watch this one. Jesus Christ. Have you seen the rest <laughs> of the card? No, um, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> None of us have. Yeah. I'm more interested, and again, this is because I just was like bored rigid by the first match. I'm way more interested in like the Daniel Garcia element of this match. Like, I think Danison's going to win, so I'm less fussed about the result. Like, Danison making the final of the tournament is better. Uh, yeah, it's Gar- It's how they do whatever they're going to do. Is Garcia going to hold back the JS from interfering? Rather than physically attacking himself, is he going to botch interference? But did he botch? You know, and is that going to lead to the result? Like, anywhere you go with that is fine because we can see what they're doing. Him, like, he's been so overt. I was a bit, like, I was a bit unmoved by, like, out of nowhere. He's my favorite wrestler, but, like, I kind of got sucked in last week. Because he I'm, is. He's been sitting on podcasts the entire yeah, time. But that match was so good last week. And then Jericho's just, like, shock. Of Danielson putting the belt around his waist and the involvement of our Wheeler Utah kind of having to be front row for us. I loved how that all played out. Does the numbers game work as well? They just, I'm just, just trying to divvy people up. So I've That'll got, be a brawl. So I've got. Oh, yeah. yeah, Hager, I, yeah Hager yeah. and Claudio cancel each other out. Let's yeah. just say for, the, for, argu- uh-huh. for argument's sake, Utah uh, and Daddy Magic, yeah. right? Moxley's not involved because he's getting ready for or he's been in action or whatever. Regal can take on Cool Hand Ange because yeah. that'll be cool. That's right, that leaves Garcia. No? Have I, have I missed yeah, anyone out you've here? you've got Sammy Guevara, who was with Moxley, so exactly. the two of them could have already cancelled each other out, so then you've got Garcia. You've Is got that Garcia right? Yeah, Is Garcia just an extra? I think so. With, yeah, that would, that would be right, wouldn't it? I count him on my fingers so here. That, so he's the difference maker, and he chooses, say, not to make a difference, mm. and therefore Danielson wins clean, or something like that. Takes that, the bat away. Yeah, what I, like, I'm, just, I'm just more interested, because with Jericho teasing on Rampage that he might want the... Ring of Honor world title and my own fantasy booking that he wants to win the pure title, which I just think is tremendous patter. Like, and that's the pay per view match. That's got to be full gear as Jericho, Danny Garcia, even if they've not officially what a fallen year out. For Jericho, yeah, like, like, one of the best years of his career. How is he making this happen? Is he fought again? I forget about that. Chris Jericho's had an amazing year. <laughs> um, he has had a good year, though. To be fair, a fantastic year. Yeah, he has had a really good year. He's had a really good slate of opponents, but he's had a really good year. So I think that's the match, the Garcia match. But I would like them to still be loosely on terms. I don't want the Flash turn yet? I want the more the tension of it. Um, Danielson to win though. Yeah, yeah. Aye. it's just a better fight. Like no disrespect to Chris Jericho in this respect, but it is like it's just a better final. The one that appears to be the obvious final 
as great as shock results are sometimes, is the better final. Two baby faces going against each other when you know for a fact that MGF is lying in wait just makes so much more sense. And mm. that, like, that revolution match, like, kicked ass. And the, the fact that they They'll then kicked got... each other in the face. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> when they then got together... Oh, my God. It was rooted oh in the idea that God. one day you wanted to see them fight again. <laughs> so... Double pump, I like it. <laughs> for the bail is the right Deep place. Double pump job. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will bite... On a potential Sammy Guevara pinfall tonight, I believe, obviously, like both of you, I assume, it's going to be Moxley Danielson. Uh, a tale of two promos on the road to, I thought. I mean, one was obviously one of the best promos of the year, and then you splice that in with uh, f- classic archive footage of Mox, and you think, oh, my God, <laughs> like, he's the only thing that got me through the pandemic. And yeah. unfortunately, Guevara's just in a hallway shouting about stars from Dave Meltzer. But Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, how do you see this one playing out? I think the heat for this is going to surprise people. Out the yes? Out the yes, of course. It's out the yes. It's skid work. It's out the yes. The idea here is that AW fans are knowledgeable about the backstage goings on. I know Twitter's a bubble, but, you know, this the, the Eddie Kingston, Sammy Guevara spat. Um, it was a big story for a big week. Big story for, for one week. week. <laughs> but I think people will remember it. Um, and as I said, like, it's almost a shame that this is almost certain to open the show because I pitched on the Rampage preview, like, reduce those incredible John Moxley boiler room promos from 90 seconds to 10 in just one single threat. John Moxley down the line saying, Sammy, I know what you said about my friend. A receipt's coming your way. I just love that, just the sinister threat of that one sentence and it's all it needs but I think even without that people will know that Moxie's got a dual motive here he's not just fighting for a, a title shot he kind of wants to kick Sammy's ass for what you said about Eddie they might even bring it up on commentary just to catch people up at home but I think everyone in the arena will know that there's an additional tension between these two now and even if there wasn't you've got the best even if there wasn't an awareness of it um You've got the most over baby face. The best baby face of the century, probably, at this point. Um, and the best wrestler in the world. And a beloved folk hero and top star all at once. They're meant to be separate, but Moxie's everything. Versus just this punchable twat. Good <laughs> <laughs> Kingston corner, Mox. Because he's got Tay in his corner. That might have um, been built on the rampage. Where, I think, again, you got the implication of, I know or JAS do anything. Eddie Kingston's there. No. Yes, <laughs> Stay yeah, away yeah. from that completely so I wouldn't do that. But um, yeah, I just think that people will be really up for this because the anxiety of Guevara winning is bad enough. Perfect baby first versus heel dynamic. Like an indirect out, like inside the backstage tension. And I just think this will be great and loud. Yeah, it's so it's it feels like a, just a nailed on Moxley victory. But... And like, so it should be as well, I think. But AW hasn't shied away from trying to use a bombshell for buzz lately. Like, I think the Punk Moxley experiment was a failure, but drove tons of conversation and tons of a version of interest. You know, regardless of like your own thought of the story, there was like, it, was, it became, instead of a one-week conversation, it became like a two and three and mm-hmm. four-week one in the build-up to a pay-per-view. So th- it's not, it wouldn't be the first time recently they've just made this absolute bombshell call that completely blows people away and makes people rethink. And like, Makes you ask questions, good questions of like, wow, if I didn't think about that, what else have I not thought about? All these things have a knock-on effect to the rest of the card because it reminds you that like the foundation can can be shaken without you know when you just because you assume these things. But I yeah, like Moxley losing this tournament unless they have an unbelievable plan for him going forward, which they might. Like uh, uh, like from he said last week, one of the big things that kind of got forgotten because his because his speech about getting everybody back on track was amazing. The start of it was talking about like how pissed off he was to have lost to CM Punk. He was trying to keep kayfabe alive in that moment. I've lost a wrestling match and I'm really pissed off about it and I'm going to fix that by winning my way back to the title. If he loses again, he's like, if he loses again, almost better to lose in the semi-final and be like, what's going on with John Moxley than just another another Lex Luger big match loss, which could be coming his way at Grand Slam next week. I don't think it's going to happen, but it'd be, it'd be the talking point this time tomorrow if if he was Mm. to. But I, I and the beauty of that Eve, is just because I mean you could uh, it probably wouldn't work, but mm. just because Sammy wins doesn't mean Danielson automatically wins because you could have the intrigue of 
Jericho versus Gamora. I still think it's going to be Danielson, obviously. Yeah, it's like, well, this is it. Like, you, you think, oh, it's going to be Danielson, Mox. You've got this lined up. And then if even one of those goes the other way, all of a sudden, this tournament's all up in the air again. And, and that can be fun. That doesn't, just because it's not maybe what we picked. Um, I was going to say about Sammy as well. The, what, the only other thing as well I will say about Sammy Guevara, if he was to win, the hugely unlikely event he was to win, last week, like, and I'm not just saying this because I felt it back to my point that things will be fine, regardless of how this Punk Elite thing plays out. It now would be the best possible time, possibly ever, in AEW's history since inception for Tony Khan as a booker to show faith in some, not, not new guys, but Sammy is effectively a new guy because you've had to start again with him. Darby could do with starting again. This like, should be an era where a bunch of new guys have really given the faith of runs and pushes. So even if Sammy loses here, they should be thinking about what's next for him too, not just the token guy being laid up for Moxley to advance past. It's It's absolutely time to start thinking about ramifications of the winners and the losers again because it's all a bit more it's just kind of winners go forward and losers fall away for a bit and I think it's I don't like it just feels to me like the right time for a bunch of people to be focused upon rather than the same sect of headliners uh, the only other match we know is confirmed for tonight's show is Tony Storm and it was going to be Hikaru Shida I believe now it's Athena taking her place good angle to write a road uh, versus Britt Baker and Serena Deeb yeah I don't really know what they're playing at here if I'm being honest or Obviously, the women's division or, <laughs> or well, everything basically. <laughs> I don't necessarily know why it exists. Um, obviously, the idea should be to build up challenges for Tony Storm. Um, I just feel like there's an angle alert hovering over this. Over this. Sorry, I said like too short. <laughs> take a breath. Um, t- where tournament of women's champions. <laughs> tournament of women's champions. Another tag team match. I'd like to do. <laughs> um, Jamie Hater to cost. Baker, and then Athena gets a shot at Storm, which is failing up. It just feels like a weird combination of women in a match that, for no belts, has no purpose. And it's not like they're building anything between, say, God damn match again, uh, Tony Storm and Britt Baker, and then Deeb and Athena, and they do the tag team match preview. I'd have struggled to f- determine why this match exists. There is no tag team division. It would be convenient if the champion would get beat. Oh, Challenger has emerged or something. I just yes. don't know why this exists. The, the quality should be good. The women are really wrestling at the moment like they've got something to prove. Um, Deba and uh, Deba, Deeb and Storm. There, there is oh potential there yeah. Yeah. in terms of previewing a match between them two. Um, very like anti-mirror match energy, which is very good indeed. Um, it's too early to be doing this pretty boring New Japan WWE style device to set up a challenger, so I don't know why Deeb's in it because I think she's perfect, perfect um, first pay per view level challenger. I just don't know what they're doing here, and I'm not that intrigued to find out because the last three years have happened and I watched it happen. Yeah, I was going to say, again, we always say this we love her, this is no uh, mark on her, but I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Storm and Athena win and they celebrate and Athena goes to walk up the ramp and then. Nyla Rose jumps Tony Storm. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Nyla Rose needs to be a baby face. She'd be a baby face like a year ago. She's yeah. so over on Twitter. She's yes, so exactly. good. She's also in a tag team. <laughs> like the belt, like the, the, it's her and Marina's face still as well, kicking around on Dark and Dark Elevation. The hater, the hater element of this was the, yes. was the bit, wasn't it? So yeah, they, I think the angle, you're right with the angle claxon because if, whereas it once would have been them two in a tag team together and now it's Deeb instead, haters probably going to stop. Like if the heels were to win, then theoretically they're, person that got the winning pinfall suddenly kind of like drops into being number one contender. So it would kind of make sense that Hater stops Brit winning so that Deeb gets that instead. But then in order to do that, you've kind of got to have your baby face down on the canvas for a long time, haven't you? Like Hater stops uh, Brit Bacon. Brit's like, what are you doing? And then in the meantime, Serena Deeb's like, all right, I'll pin her instead. Babyface looks like a complete loser waiting to be pinned for these heels to get it together. So I don't know. I think the heels win, but it's a bit... Like the the hater Britt Baker is is the interesting element yeah. of the story, and they don't really have anybody that feels like a proper contender. It feels like a very there's like an obligation to having a women's title program. Like Tony Storm's not in an angle with anybody, you know. There's no she's not got any sort of hostilities with anyone. It's just like, well, can we line up an opponent while we're telling the story yeah. with Baker and Hater? Uh, only one thing to do then. It's time to play the game. What game's that, Michael Sidgwick? The game. That we're about to play. The rules of which we'll follow is, well, this is ladies nine. I'm thinking new word in Had a week off last week, but yeah. it's back. Thank back. you, Chad and Blair, as always, for, for keeping tabs on all this and keeping us 
posted as to who wins is what. Adam Blair, who's going to be at a Grand Slam. Really? Is he? He is, yeah. Lucky bastard. Lucky bastard. Ladies' night sign in the crowd, perhaps. Get questioned off the stewards. What the hell's that? <laughs> yeah, you're a poison. <laughs> uh, yeah, what culture wrestling podcast sign? If you can be asked. Put our names on a sign. I want to try and find the, uh, there we go. I was trying to find his Twitter there to find the the latest scores. Um, what's this guy doing tweeting about things that aren't us? Hang on one second. <laughs> uh, in the interim, uh, Hamlet, why don't you go first? Uh, you've had uh, mixed success in this tournament. I, I won once. Uh, yeah, get my phone out, you asshole. Get your phone out, asshole. They're going to add more. We're going to get the Tony Khan graphic drops before this. So I'm going to suggest that this is a return to form the division and it goes one hour one hour eleven minutes and eight seconds. I don't need to see forty minutes of Chris Jericho, god damn it. <laughs> Is that a good yeah but so one hour yeah say it again one hour eleven minutes eight seconds okay uh yeah Michael Hamflet you have a score of one and six right now with a one and six uh Sige four and five and myself six and four did you want to go next or do you want me to go next? I don't mind. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't mind. So, uh, just they, 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 do the tally. They're mixing it up. <laughs> it's they're, a bit now. It's a bit. Uh, they're mixing it up, aren't they? What was the, the last one we played? It was 36 minutes into the episode. I mean, well, and then obviously last week was whatever it was, our first hour stuff, wasn't it? Maybe we should put them over for a little bit of attempting to change up the uh, narrative with the women's division. Maybe AW deserve a bit of credit as a result of this game. For being They'll get credit when they do two women's matches. Well, yeah. <laughs> And now with four top male stars gone, now's the time to really take the women seriously. Yep. But regardless, you go, you go. Uh, yeah, let's go first hour again. Oh. 35 minutes and 49 seconds. Okay. I'm going to go first hour again. This is a new slot. That's how it works. Oof. Uh, I'm going to go for, right, okay, I'm going to try and do some um, time laying out in my head. I'm trying to time keep it. Time out the show, right? This is, oh, by the way, people wondering what we're trying to exactly time here. It is the first note of the uh, women's theme that hits. Yes, yeah. with the, the, with the idea like being that. it was meant to uh, satirize how predictable and obligatory and an afterthought the women's division book was, but it, it was pretty much on one the hour, ass, twenty minutes every week for two years. And yeah. after the match, the like the the other champion, if Jay Cargo wrestled, yes. Thunder Rosa would do a post match promo, or vice versa. It's <laughs> like they would bottle it together in a little section. So there's some conducting here. The maestro, the lawnmower. Sorry, okay. Boom, let's go week nine. Wild thing. Um, I'll take this about. Two minutes of ring introductions. Mox versus Sammy. Mox's matches don't go that long, but it's a tournament, so it might go a little bit longer. Um, you really want to put Sammy over as well because you need to start getting stars, stars again. Um, Twelve to fourteen minutes. I'll take so about twelve. Friday is going to try and recruit ten. Promo. <laughs> backstage promo. Backstage promo. Oh, yes. So I'm going to go for thirty-one minutes. Oh, I like this. And 32 seconds. Right, so you've got a real chance here. Basically, anything after an hour is all yours. Well, you say that, but I have it on good authority. Like, someone earlier on contacted me and wanted to play just one week. Not least considering that they might not feature as regularly in the future. Like... Stax has asked if he can play Ladies Night this week. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> He's just been desperate to get on. I was like... Who on earth is he picking here? And then as he, I was well, like, Stax, obviously. And then he's he just saw, walking, saw walking, yeah. saw the door open. I was like, oh, what are you doing? Like, oh, you gotta... <laughs> For anyone who just doesn't bother with WWE at all, we struck up as uh, a, a fourth podcast guest. Yeah. Um, it's Stax, who wrestles under the name Stax. Yeah, hello on, there. My name's Jan Lorenzo. Better than all this, Stax. On, <laughs> on the WWE podcast. Uh, Production NXT 2.0, so we've got exclusive access uh, to kind Stax. Of a forbidden door podcast here, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Door. He's walked through the forbidden door. So Stax, you want to play? Uh, uh, what's the name of the game, Stax? I 
gonna go for it. Two seconds after. Right down, after, right down. After right down. Stark's supposed to play properly. Hang on, what, what have we go for again? I don't want to literally, literally tread on his dick, but I got a joke. <laughs> so Starks, sorry Starks. Uh, what have we go for again? Emma Hamlet's gone for one hour, 11 minutes and eight seconds. I can't do it. I can't do that one, okay? I'll go for uh, one hour and 20 minutes dead. That's one I think they're going to come out. And you know what? I think these girls are going to put on way out of a show. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on AEW in general, Starks? I think uh, I think they got a bit of trouble right now. But, uh, you know, as I said before, we all have to deal with empty-headed f***s in our life. <laughs> and so... It, 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 wrestling is tele, telephone, telegram, tele-wrestler. Have you got any friends in the AEW locker room that you could be getting this sort of information from? Uh, you know what? I've been talking a lot to Lee Moriarty, surprisingly. <laughs> you thought I was going to go one way, I, you go. <laughs> I go boom. Uh. <laughs> hey, Lee Moriarty, how you doing? What, one more question while you're here, Stacks. I know you have to go. Yeah, I, I, I got a plane to catch. <laughs> um... I've got a question for you. I just can't really figure it out yet. I do have a pressing question right now. <laughs> don't worry. I don't think Stax might, be able to, might need some time to figure out an answer. Don't worry, mate. Hey, oh. what are you saying here? Right, Stax. Um, <laughs> who should be the next TNT champion? Oh, big question. I got to go with Action Bronson. <laughs> I really got to pick that guy. Look at the f***ing size of him. <laughs> Can you stop, please, Stax, with this language? I, it's a lot of work you what give me here. What drinks are they serving on Tony D Airways? Oh, Sonny D! <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's hyped up. That's why he's hyped up. You're not drunk. You're just, yeah. okay. bye, bye, Stax. Bye, Stax. See ya. <laughs> See ya, Stax. Bye, Stax. Oh, he's such a character, he isn't, isn't he? he? I love him. I still can't tell whether this is like, you know, and they're like, and now in the next season of The Simpsons, and only an alien that only Yoma can see. <laughs> but I think he's getting over. He killed Tony D off on the NXT podcast. <laughs> Stax has taken his spot. Uh, <sighs> now, um, Sidge, of course, um, switching gears. Uh, obviously, this is the sort of go-home show for, for Grand Slam. Matches. At the Arthur S. Um, Arthur S, sorry. Crew <laughs> all that in there. Um, we've got the, the Grand Slam tournament. Oh, the stadium. <laughs> Who was this, Arthur? Why are you have such a big ass? Huh? Um, but we've also, no, it's confirmed for next week, swerving our glory versus the acclaimed. I thought they did brilliant to, well, present themselves for any legal issues by having the acclaimed cut off <laughs> last week. But... Um, Swerve is so much better as a heel, isn't he? You yeah, absolutely. Caster would have looked like a bitch if he'd rapped about a single other subject, but you also had to get him on the show to capitalize on how great the performance was at All Out and to build the rematch. So basically, and I, you know what, I was in a bit of a weird vibe headspace last week. I didn't give Tony Khan the flowers and say, you know what, as a booking maneuver, I was deft. Mm-hmm. Very special. I like that a lot. Do you, do you have the acclaimed action this week? Do you have... I don't know. What, it's sort of, again... Acclaimed beating two jobbers, even though they're already the number one contenders in effect. Um, seems pointless. Um, seems exactly the way we will go, actually. <laughs> I was going to say, I was thinking, yeah, that seems like such a waste of time. Yes, it's happening. <laughs> like that, that's, Peter Avalon, put your boots on. There's been so much of that, which is wasteful in, in when it comes to, like, the amount of wrestlers there are for the amount of television time they've got. So I hope not. I think they're... I think this is absolutely video package treatment. I will give AEW credit for this lately. I know that for the longest time, like the it was like the Chris Harrington graph rule, wasn't it? It was like these three things draw numbers and nothing else does. So you will just get a lot of these three things. But they've been like using video packages. They've lingered a little longer on some of the moments. Some stuff's been allowed to breathe. So a video package and a good one at like that is absolutely fine. 
do they I, even... I put, do, put, do what you put on the road to. I thought it was perfect, like two-minute encapsulation of everything that's just happened. Dare you, and I, this would be the first time I can remember they've done it with a tag team one since the Bucks and Page and Omega, so this would put such great heat on the tag belts as a Jim Ross sit-down. Yes. Because we've always said this, like, tag belts matter when they're on the Young Bucks, and otherwise it's always like, yeah, whatever. Like, if Jim Ross is sat there in the room... The thing matters. So maybe try that and you get to see Castro. Do it better than the Christian Cage and Jungle Boy one though. Yeah, that was a bit rubbish. But like what noise? Michael Sidrick, hey, this is a this is a nice real role, role reversal. What noise would Jim Ross make if he was scissoring one of the acclaims? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not as easy as it looks, is it? Two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Two seconds. <laughs> Holy sh! What's that? <laughs> so Ringo with big tits. <laughs> he said it. He said it, not me. Yeah. The go home for revolution. The Moxley uh, Jericho weigh-in. He said it on fight. I watched it. <laughs> What's that? Uh, finally, it's a question that I I can maximize my minutes. Sausage. He, he said it. He said it, not me. He said it. Uh, it's a question. I think I know the answer. <laughs> he said it, not me. He said oh, it. Oh, God. I'm going to her knuckles. I can choose from our <laughs> I mean, he's dead. Not in a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a car. He's Jim Ross's car. Talk about his dick and balls. Yeah, yeah. Question. I think I know the answer. Uh, and his, yeah, I mean his hands as well. Just take one. <laughs> I think I know the answer. This one, ask it anyway. Uh, could the Young Bucks go to WWE? Maybe in about two years, because everything's possible, but not right now. They are under contract. Tony Khan, Tyler, you're going to say, you know what? Get yourselves away, boys. <laughs> um, <laughs> Imagine. And I know it's already been debunked by Dave Meltzer, but look, in 2018, the Elite were faced with a choice. This bold new adventure with this guy who might be a money mark, but actually, you know, he's actually got money. And... Uh, or go to WWE and risk the cachet that you'd built as the ultimate DIY guys. They do not have the same value to WWE they did at the time. AW's already happened. They've already kind of solid number two, well behind. There was an unknown quantity of a god actual competition. It's it is what it is now. It's just a distant. NXT UK existed because a world of sport. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> it's a distant number two now. So, and at the time it would have been right kill the thing that takes a fraction of our market share away from us, which at the time was monumental to them. Now that I think they've accepted that. Well, we've still got all of it pretty much. So the Young Bucks do not have the same value, but the idea that WWE wouldn't take them like that, or the idea that um, they would have to say, oh, can you ask uh, your mate if she fancies us? <laughs> like everyone did in early part of secondary school, is an absolute f- Fabrication. At this point, people need to realize how legendary and how big of a star the Young Bucks act is. They wouldn't have to send out feelers. They could just quit and say, give me the best offer you have, Paul, and he would give them a big offer. Mm. No need for this. Uh, does your mate fancy me? Yeah, of course he does. What's so cool about this as well, it's the, like you could apply the old Scott Hallism, like uh, it's show business, not show friends. It's like, yeah, but their mate's there as well. Yeah. And he made the jump, so it's both. It's show business and it's show friends. Like they've got immediately somebody that is now, and we said this all along, Cody Rhodes was such an important hire. Because we, it don't wasn't just, we don't know if they're mates. Well, yeah. But they've got like Ricochet, they've got mates there. There's, there's a proof of concept in the hiring of him and then the subsequent pushing of him that like yeah, things won't be a disaster if somebody was to jump. And exactly, and that, you know, the, the Cody jump is, is one thing. I think if you then get Cody and... You know anyone, but especially the young bucks. That's a clear and open path of like there is a road going completely opposite way. This is a two-sided thing. Yeah, now. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you reckon, Hamlet, regarding the, the regarding Generation Me popping up on NXT? I. It's a bit like when somebody just wants to talk stats in the NXT. <laughs> give over. Like, got to got to learn the uh, <laughs> get, get some learning. fundamentals. Slow it down. Like, it's a bit like what do somebody... you say about the books as fundamentals? Great fundamentals. Wow, since we had that, I missed that. 
I don't like stats talk uh, when it's... Hey, you say my name? Oh, sorry. It's a pub no, about stats. football. Oh, sorry, Starks. Oh, well, sorry, guys. Sorry to bother you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the contract stuff is is the answer. Like it's, But like whenever you have that chat and it's like, well, no, because I'm in a contract for it's like, oh, well, it's not just a bit more fun to speculate for... Can we not just speculate for a minute? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, the, obviously, the potential, if there's any lawsuit or fallout or just people need to, like, step away for a while and that's where there are contractually available. I'd love it. Like, I, I would absolutely love the Young Bucks just to see it. Same as the Cody thing. I, ju- I just want to look at that. What's that know. What's that look like? You do. And um, I remain, and this is pro-AW, and I wish people would understand it. Not just you. Other, like, people on Excuse Twitter. Me? I wish people <laughs> would understand that AW will be fine without all your favourites because they make new favourites because that's what wrestling companies do. That's a ridiculous It will be take. absolutely it's fine absolutely without ridiculous the take. I don't understand You this. just said earlier this. today across the desks, right? Yes. You absolute heads-gone <laughs> maniac. <laughs> Your head has gone. And it sometimes goes in situations like this, and it's gone now, oh right? Yeah. Your head never goes as much as when AEW is under the gun. Pandemic. Gone. Better than 2022, correct? correct. Yes. Correct, definitely. right, okay. Dickhead, what was the best moment of pandemic era AEW? Uh, Cody and Brody. Okay, what was the second best? <laughs> uh, full gear, 2020. The Young Bucks are celebrating with their friend Kenny Omega in the middle of the ring. They've just won the Tag Team Championships. Kenny Omega is a month away from winning the world title. Hangman Page is lurking in the tunnel, not feeling elite. Boom. Two, the two most important divisions in that company are centered around the elite. Everything else intersects and dovetails and wraps around. You said it. <laughs> well, I mean, you just said all that. No, no, you said <laughs> it. You said, you, said, you said the bad that was better. So uh, kiss my ass. <laughs> No, I'm just saying it's not just the no, elite. I get that. I get that. It's not just the elite doing the cool elite things that they won't be quite able to do in WWE. Yeah. That storyline was the heart of... Yes, another thing you said. That AEW's best period was not February 2020. Yep. It was, in fact, the summer of 2021. Yeah, the sign saying punk, fuck's sake. See him. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but they also... He's the dollars and cents guys. the money They guy. also oh, built all of it around... Going, boom! The, the, boom! The, the side God, they, I had him go, baby! Oh, I, I'm not a goldfish. I think it's Brian Danielson. It's Brian Danielson. <laughs> it was actually yeah. you saying before the Fightful Select story broke about CM Punk's potential negotiations. Yes. Every week on this podcast. Enjoy it, guys. I'm yep. gonna be. I'm gonna be a doomsday. I'm gonna be carrying cross for some reason because doomsday is coming. Yes. Enjoy this company while it lasts, because nothing will ever be this hot. One, very prescient, by the way. Thank you. Two, bit of a hypocrite, actually. <laughs> Stop fighting. Right, two questions, one for each of you. Number one, Michael Sidgwick. Jesus Christ. It's very quick, these final two questions. Well, really the last quick. one was quick. This this one is really quick, trust me. Do you write about the Young Bucks at all in your book? Yes. Becoming what? all the leaders. Available wherever you live on Amazon. Wherever and, you live. <laughs> and who's more likely to be in WWE, the Young Bucks or CM Punk? You can't win. Uh, young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Say again. More likely to be in WWE. Not one or the other, but if you had to put odds on it, Young Bucks or CM Punk. Young Bucks pamphlet's completely correct. And it's all in good. Triple H, vindictive. What? (laughs) Right. Let us know your thoughts ahead of AW Dynamite tonight on Twitter at WhatCulture. WWE Watch. They can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCulture WWE. I don't say and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling <laughs> wherever you get your podcast from for <laughs> daily. What's Twitter handle? Don't check it. Just that it's someone like Channing Lorenzo, I believe. <laughs> or maybe Stax underscore WWE. No, it's Channing underscore WWE. Oh, you get so confused. Uh, yeah, you could go and follow him there. Uh, what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from. We had a lot of fun, potentially for the last time, reviewing NXT earlier on today. So go and check out the two point. Review right now, and if you subscribe to What Cult Dressing, our review of Dynamite tomorrow will drop into your feed as soon as it is released. But for now, this has been the Dynamite Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Confidence starts with loving who you are. 
And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.